0: Well, today we come to the last Sunday of our church year, and rightly we honour Christ the King. Of course, uh, this week we have been privileged to host in our city, His Royal Highness the Prince of Wales, and the gift of his patronage to the reinstatement of our cathedral is a welcome boost to our church and to our city. We know that Prince Charles' visit here is on behalf of his mother, the Queen, whose faith has inspired her long life of service to the Commonwealth. And uh, I came across an interesting quote this week about the faith which inspires our Queen. Trying to understand the Queen without understanding her Christian faith is like trying to understand a Ferrari without looking at the engine. There's a thought worth pondering. Well, the feast day of Christ the King only came into the church calendar in 1925, and it was a response by the Pope of the time to both the secularism and rising nationalism of the time, which we know... Uh, led to the tragic rise of fascism in the 1930s and so on into the Second World War. And he felt it was important to make a statement of the sovereignty of Christ rather than the sovereignty of any uh, individual leader. Our own times are seeing the rise, sadly, of populist nationalism again. And with it, those who seek to escalate anxiety and fears Fear of terrorist attack, of immigrant, refugee or stranger, of minorities or diversity. And many of those fears we know are being exploited by the unscrupulous. Fear closes us down to others, makes us suspicious and defensive, putting up walls to protect ourselves. It makes us territorial, quick to take offence and to turn to anger and violence. This is the world that Lucy has been baptised into today and in which she will be growing up. So what can we do as the family of Christ to encourage her and her family to trust in Jesus for the future? Jesus comes to enable us to serve God without fear. That wonderful reading we heard from Paul's letter to the Colossians sets out a vision of Christ and his reign, which differentiates him from all kings and rulers who've ever used their reign and power to inspire fear and terror into their subjects. First of all, we have that awesome picture of Christ who is the image of the invisible God, in whom all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. This Christ is God incarnate, God enfleshed in our world. And of course, as we see Lucy today, we are so reminded of Jesus, the word made flesh, who we will be greeting afresh at Christmas. But then go to the other end of the scale. He is the cosmic Christ, the agent of creation and the sustainer of that same creation. I love that verse, in him all things hold together. I always think it's a very good verse for we Kiwis in our shaky aisles. In him all things hold together. But he's not only creator and sustainer, he is also redeemer. God's beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Through Christ, God was pleased to reconcile to himself, all things on earth and in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. Christ the reconciler, in a world where so many attempt to divide, Christ is the one who brings people together and us with God. So the traits of this king are not that he sheds blood wantonly in displays of power over others, rather he sheds his own blood at the cross in a display of the utmost powerlessness. Yet what seems like abject failure to us and to many of those watching on and who mocked Jesus actually draws the sting of all earthly powers, including the powers of sin and death. Jesus is vindicated by the God of life and the resurrection, naming Christ firstborn from the dead who promises life from death for us also." And there we have on that wonderful uh, picture of Christ. Uh, It's from a cathedral in Canada. Jesus reigns there from the cross. But this was the hope and trust that first of all meant Christ on the cross could go right to the end, saying, Father, into your hands, I commend my spirit in trust. We might think it rather strange that we're hearing Luke's Gospel account of the crucifixion as we keep the feast of the reign of Christ. And yet what Luke is proclaiming right at the end of his Gospel, as we've been reading it through this year, is that Christ is indeed reigning from the cross. Three times, though, we heard witnesses to the crucifixion mocking Jesus. First, the leaders, in words that are eerily reminiscent of the temptations of Luke 4, if he is the Messiah of God, let him save himself. Then from the soldiers, if you are the king of the Jews, like that sign behind you, save yourself. And finally, from one of the criminals on the cross next to Jesus, are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. You see, people were very used to kings always making sure that they could save themselves and save their own skin, even at the expense of others' lives, which were expendable. But here is Jesus on the cross saving others by not saving himself. Rather, this is an act of selfless self-giving. Love poured out. God in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And isn't Christ's selflessness so poignantly demonstrated in the beautiful promise to the criminal on the cross next to Jesus? He pleads, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus' beautiful response, today you will be with me in paradise. The criminal, having even just glimpsed the true nature of Christ's kingdom, not of this earth, receives the assurance of Jesus' presence, Jesus who is Emmanuel, God with us. God is with us, God with us today, as we baptise a new little one into his family. God with us, perhaps never more powerfully expressed than as we come to communion together, where God in Christ meets us in bread and wine. I came across this written about the Eucharist this week. The ritual that we call Eucharist is practically the same each time we do it, but we do it over and over and over again. And we repeat the practice because we believe that in the doing of our practice, we will come to believe, we will come to apprehend, we will receive insight, and then we will be changed. So may we come today to encounter afresh Christ, our servant king, who kneels at our feet, who pours out his love for us on the cross, and then, who reigns from that cross? Next week, we'll be celebrating 30 years of having our beloved New Zealand prayer book among us and with us, and I hope within us too, in our hearts. And I love, I've always loved Jim Cotter's alternative version of the Lord's Prayer, which is on page 181. And it ends this way. For you reign in the glory of the power that is love. It has a rhythm to it. For you reign in the glory of the power that is love. So may we worship Christ the King today. The King who reigns in the glory of the power that is love. Christ who brings new life to us in baptism and in bread and wine. Thanks be to God. Amen.